This is The Mandalorian Union, a podcast where married nerds Megan and Zach discuss the Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. This is Episode 9, Chapter 8, and The Clan of Two. Welcome to The Mandalorian Union, Chapter 9. I'm Zach. I'm Megan. And we are talking about Chapter 8 of The Mandalorian called Redemption. It is the final episode of Season 1. Woo! What? How have we made it this far? We have been consistently viewing the show. We have. And then <laughs> sitting around a laptop and a mid to low range microphone and talking about the show together. Yeah. I mean, we all, we talk about Star Wars together a lot. And I guess now we're just, I'm pressing a few extra buttons beforehand. Right. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I've it really enjoyed the whole process. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. We got three names for our blurgs yeah. from listeners, so it was a major success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blurgalicious. Mm-hmm. Yo-Yo Blurgma. And Leia Blurgana, or yes. Princess for short. I'm now a good blurg mom because I can remember their names. Yes, indeed. And uh, episode nine is also getting us our first fan asking when the next episode will come out my friend at work marcus oh yeah uh, asked me when the next episode was coming out and for a second i froze because i had no idea what he was talking about because <laughs> he was on our hallway to help somebody with something mm-hmm. like he's always doing everywhere and i was like wait what is he oh the podcast right <laughs> mandalorian union so that was a unique experience yeah. I did once have somebody uh, recognize me from Twitter in a hotel lobby once. So that was that was something. It turns out I really should have recognized that person because he was much more visible on the internet than I was. But yeah, it was, it was something. You should have gone to Star Wars Celebration because I got recognized all over the place. Oh, nice. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody doubts it, um, please be reassured that Megan won is more internet famous than I am, and two, has more <laughs> podcast experience because she, we have achieved the same amount of podcast experience from this, but you've guessed it on several other Star Wars podcasts. I have. So just know that she's ahead of me in both metrics. Oh, you're too sweet. <laughs> uh, all right, so Chapter 8 Redemption, final episode. Mm. Megan, what scene did you have an emotional reaction to? What scene did I not have an emotional reaction to? That might be Um, the shorter answer. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think the most emotional reaction I had was when IG-11 realizes that he or it will have to make the the sacrifice Mm. that it does. Mm -hmm. Um, When they're on the lava river boat. Yes, and they're going... He's going through this logic process of... My base function is like nurse droid, but my manufacturer's mm-hmm. um, programming won't let me be captured. Right. Which means as long as my base function is assured that that's getting done, mm-hmm. I can blow myself up and save everybody. Right. As long as I know that will be serving my base function. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that really got me because... A few scenes earlier, like another emotional reaction I had was IG-11 telling Mandalorian while he's like lying there hurt, probably dying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm not a living being. Right, right. And he removes his helmet and sprays back to on him and we mm-hmm. see Pedro Pascal for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that was that was pretty emotional too. Yeah, very similar to the moment when when the Mandalorian is resigning himself to the fact that IG Eleven is going to, um, you know, do this this suicide mission to save mm. them, and he says, "But we need you." And he says, "Don't be sad." You know, this and is he's what like, I was forced. I'm not sad. <laughs> IG Eleven is like. Yes, no, you're sad. You're I'm definitely sad. I'm a nurse droid. <laughs> I've been programmed to know when you're sad. I've mm-hmm. analyzed your voice pattern. Yeah, that was really emotional. Yeah. I mean, everything IG-11 in this episode was. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. And he, oh, he was great at the beginning because he just got to like, you know. Right. <laughs> just go through the town and blow everything up. And he, yes. he had a great going out, I mm-hmm. think. He really did. He, had, he really yeah. did. It was satisfying. Yeah. Um, Zach, what did you have an emotional reaction to? Well, again, the whole thing, it's well documented that Giancarlo Esposito, the lovely actor playing uh, Moff Gideon, makes me crap my pants. <laughs> so lots of pants crapping in this one. Gross. Um, and <laughs> um, so I would say um, I really enjoyed, just to mention it so it gets a little bit of airtime, um, really, really enjoyed the the opening scene with the two stormtroopers oh my gosh jason sudeikis he will forever be known as the man that beat baby yoda he punched baby yoda jason sudeikis baby puncher so that was great (laughs) so as far as emotional reactions go not super emotional but i was you were laughing a lot insanely entertained because that's just it made sense within the world of star wars but it's not something we've ever gotten before reminded me any theater nerds know of rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead which tells hamlet from the perspective of two side characters uh, yes. That's what this felt like. This felt like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah, you were delighted. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, I think, man, all everything, everything was emotional reactions. I think I would have to pick actually the very end of the episode when we see Moff Gideon chop through his oh. Tie Fighter with. The dark saber. The dark saber, a weird-looking black lightsaber, which for the uninitiated is a sign of leadership. Yes. In Mandalore. Yes. So this moth has some sort of history where it is. Uh, this dark saber was canonically ended up in the hands of a who was it? I, you know this really well. Uh, yes. So we see this in Rebels. Um, this dark saber originally belonged mm-hmm. Rebels, thousands, the Star Wars TV show. Yes, yeah. um, it belonged thousands of years ago to one of the only Mandalorians that ever became a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a long story short, but eventually, this dark saber gets to Sabine, one of the main characters in the Rebels TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, she is going to unite Mandalore um, and Mandalorians with this dark saber because it is a sign of leadership, mm-hmm. and she ends up handing it over to somebody else who she believes would be a stronger leader, not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know. Um, well, Sabine, Sabine was the right person to, Sabine had it for a while, yeah. and she was the right person to kind of shake everything up and help people rebel against the Empire, and then she passed it off to Bo-Katan yes. for ruling. Yes, yeah. she passed it off to Bo-Katan, yeah. and that moment made me go, wait yeah. a second, what happened to Bo-Katan? Right. She doesn't have the Darksaber anymore. Right, Moff Gideon has it, and I had, I was having such an emotional reaction because... One of the great things about The Mandalorian has been getting new Star Wars stories in live action on a regular basis. Mm. So to see a lightsaber that is 
honestly, I mean, Luke's lightsaber is blue, and that's cool, and we've seen it around, but I honestly think it's got the coolest story of any lightsaber, right? And it's in the TV shows, it's animated, and now it's in live action, and that well, was just yeah. amazing to see. We've never seen it live before, yeah. so we've yeah. seen pretty much everybody else's lightsabers mm-hmm. animated. Yeah. At some point. And, and this it, one we've never seen live, mm-hmm. so... And it gives this terrifying character a direct connection to Mandalore. Yeah. Because he has the Darksaber. Right. So I had an emotional reaction to that, definitely. Yeah. Um, also, just to make sure everybody knows, I looked up interviews with Giancarlo Esposito, <laughs> and he is so kind. Not just like, oh, he is answering questions nicely on camera. No, he is like... Let the sunshine enter life through your calling and be kind and be peace and all this sort of thing. Like, like he is he is far down the scale of just lovely and and proactively kind. It's true. He, he yeah. also stalked him a little bit on Twitter and was just like, he's so lovely. And he I was like, so I know. Lovely. I would have to watch a lot more of his work. He has um, been in his more popular roles with with mean people. So I'd have to watch some of his other roles to see what other kind of characters he's played. So exciting oh so exciting so exciting so on on the topic of hype megan uh who had the best line in your opinion (laughs) um again a smorgasbord of options here right i don't know that it was the the best line but it was the best monologue from moff gideon where he's Mm. rattling on everyone's real names and their histories i love a show of power that's not just shooting somebody yes Mm -hmm. oh it was Deeply terrifying because he just knew everyone's names and their stories. Kara Cynthia Dune of, of Alderaan. Alderaan. Okay, one. This is an aside. One, Kara. Girl, I know that at some point were you training to be Leia's guard? Were you? Also, um, what what does your braid signify? Because we know that on Alderaan, braids are meaningful. So, like, what does your braid mean? Can you tell us that, please? Also, you are beautiful and wonderful, and I love you, and Kara better be in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both want that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Moff Gideon's whole monologue was, was terrifying and, and well put. The only thing I wondered a little bit on was why he, uh, why Moff Gideon gave them so long to think about it. Mm. Although, we do canonically have, from the last episode, the sun sets fast on Navarro. Right. So it really could have been... Um, just like 15 minutes maybe it could have been 15 maybe an hour because i feel like an hour even would have been a reasonable amount of time for a villain to say really talk about your options well yeah because they're one of his they're his only path really to the baby because he doesn't know where the Mm. baby went so they have a position of power in that you know he's not going to kill them until he knows where the baby is so Mm. yeah true so my favorite line from the episode (laughs) was more because of situation uh-huh. than the line itself. So my yeah. favorite line from the episode, best line, is you mean my brain. <laughs> that is my best yes. line of the episode nominee. Because Spoken by Pedro Pascal. The maskless Pedro Pascal, in fact. Yes. It is the only time we ever see his face. Mando's face. Mando's face. Yes, thank you. It is the only time we ever see Mando's face. And the one line Pedro Pascal gets to say while he has his full acting face on <laughs> is, you mean my brain? After <laughs> IG-11 says he suffered damage to his central processing unit. <laughs> it was a joke and to put you at ease. So you mean my brain is just the funniest thing for 
Pedro Pascal, for that to be Pedro Pascal's only line held yeah. to this. And I think the first time we watched it, we were watching it um, over the holidays with mm-hmm. um, our brother-in-law. And um, we, the three of us, like, cackle laughed at mm-hmm. that because it was such an emotional scene. We were like, oh, my gosh, is he going to take the helmet off? Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, this will be the first time we ever see him without the helmet. Mm-hmm. Ah, And he gets to deliver this really funny line. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was great. That still felt very grounded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It didn't feel like a joke pandering to the audience. No, 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 no. No, it it felt real. Right. Yeah. 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 So the title of this episode was Redemption. Mm. Who got redemption in this episode, Zach? Ooh. Well, I think we already started to have a great discussion about this one on the couch. So I think... My my number one pick, because I think multiple people did in some way okay. here, my number one pick would be Quill. And not redemption from a moral failing, because he is mm. perfect and good and can never do anything wrong. And if you say otherwise, I will come and hurt you, or send Megan to. Um, yeah, he's much more likely to send me. <laughs> um, as far as threats of physical violence. Um, but because Quill <laughs> failed in his task to protect baby Yoda originally right Mm. at the end of episode seven um quill has not made it back to the ship in time and is killed the blurg is killed and the baby is taken from him um so obviously not a moral failing because he was trying as hard as he could i don't think he had any other options you know he's not a fighter he didn't have a gun um to attempt to protect himself with and even if he did um Failing that would have been, you know, not a moral failing. But because he reprogrammed IG-11 to nurse and protect, uh, Kuwil got to protect the crew through that action. Because otherwise, um, you know, without IG-11, they wouldn't have had a way out of that cave where none of them had to risk being shot at. You wouldn't have had so Baby Yoda. We wouldn't have, they had, and they wouldn't have had Baby Yoda. Mm. So I think, I think Kuwil's... I think Kuil got redeemed, not in a moral way, but in a in a way Kuil would have wanted to have been redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. Where Kuil would have said, I have failed in my task that I was trying to serve and do. Mm-hmm. You know, because he wanted to keep the baby from imperial slavery. Sure. That's so. interesting. And I don't necessarily disagree. I just don't mm-hmm. think the redemption was about Kuil sure. in this episode. I, I think it was really about Dindrin, our... Um, I can't say his name. Oh, oh Din Jaren. Din Jaren. Pretend the second D isn't there. Cool. Um, our Mandalorian's like given name from mm-hmm. his family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's about droids being redeemed because they have been a theme in his life of beings or entities really that have threatened his life. And he is distrustful of them. We see that over all the episodes. Um, and then he's encountered with this IG-11 who has mm-hmm. been reprogrammed by Kuil, who he doesn't really believe could be good. Mm-hmm. Despite knowing Kuil and trusting him, still, when he's laying there, blood's coming from the back of his head, and he's like pointing the blaster at IG-11 mm-hmm. because yeah. he's about to take the helmet off, he still doesn't believe that he could be good. He's just like, you know, kill me. I, I would rather have you kill me than one of these Imperials. Right, right. And, you know, IG-11's like, no, I'll just spray this back down on you. You'll be fine in a couple of hours. Come on, let's go. You know, right. we, we've got, we're going to go take care of baby. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, I think it's in that moment it clicks. And, like, for him, 
at that point, droids begin their redemption. Like, that's the beginning of the redemption arc for him. And then IG-11 goes um, and sacrifices himself at the end. So, like, he has a full, like, redemption process with that droid. And I just remembered in the last episode, remember Kuil talking to the Mandalorian about IG says, droids are neutral reflections of those who imprint them. Yes. So IG-11 in this episode is a neutral reflection of Kuil. Ugh. Isn't it beautiful? Kuil is, in a sense, acting through the droid, having imprinted on the droid. Yeah. Mm. It's lovely. So, yeah, I think... I'm going to go cry. You take over for a few minutes. (laughs) Okay, there are tissues over there. (laughs) Um, No, I cried enough during Little Women. I think I'm I'm all dry for now. Ooh, y'all. After we do Mando Union Pod, we we might just be a Little Women Pod after this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's talk about what's coming next. Mm -hmm. So what do we want to see happen in season two happening in fall of this year? Fall 2020. You know what I want to see more of? Kara. Well, yes, but Pedro Pascal's face. Interesting. Because we have it in canon that Mm. not all Mandalorians have to keep their helmet on Mm. at all times. So we know that there's cultural variation of some degree. Right, right. Because Mandalorian is what? A creed, not a race. Correct. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Kara. Thank you, Kara and Din. So I want to see more of his face. Now, I don't want I don't want the helmet to just be off the whole time, but I would love I would love if for some reason he breaks the creed. Hmm. You know? And is it breaking the creed because like Mandalore yes. is Oh, it must be. It must be because he was going to die rather than have the helmet taken off. Kara could have saved him if she had some bandages. I think maybe because Mandalorian is is a creed, right? Right. And it's not there. We we've seen other Mandalorians not have their helmet on all the time, mm-hmm. so maybe it's part of like what he's practicing. And maybe keeping your helmet all the time isn't. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. I think I think seeing um, having him choose to take his helmet off, especially if it's in like a way that breaks the creed. Um, Hmm. I think that would be a good emotional moment that I think these storytellers have proven themselves so far, Favreau and Chow and um, uh, Fami Yiwa and everybody, Filoni. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. My goodness, so many. Um, that I think, I think it would be really, I think it would be really great. And I would love, to, I would just love to be able to see Pedro Pascal's face hmm. acting. As much as I love the show, I would like to see his face more. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I want that exactly, but I do mm. want more women. Yes. Um, and more mainline women. Yeah. Yeah. I, more women, more talking lines for women. I love the armor. Mm-hmm. I hope that in season two, we get to know more of her story. Um, and how she became the armorer, and mm-hmm. then like where she's going from now, because right now she's hiding on Navarro. But you know, once she's done melting down the rest of the Mandalorian arm, uh, armor that was destroyed, or I guess taken off when everybody was killed. Yeah. Um, I would love to see where she goes after that, and how she's still important in the Mandalorian's life. Mm-hmm. Um, for this. I guess, quest of getting his foundling to where it needs to be. 
Yeah. And what I love about that quest is the Star Wars world is so big and there's just so much media that's been produced in it that often characters might say something and we, we already know about it. We already know what it is, right? Like the Darksaber mm. or something like that. Right. We have no friggin' clue where Din even needs to start with this, right? Yeah. With like, what race is the foundling? What, where does it go? What is its, what are its people like? Do they have a home planet? Like... Is there a tribe of them? What like what's going on? Right. Like we, this is wide open for all of us. Right, it's fun. Mm-hmm. What else? What else do we want to see in season two? Hmm. I, I think definitely more women. It would be nice if we had a somebody who came along on a regular basis. Let's see. I want to know what happened to Finnick Shan. I don't mm-hmm. think she's dead. Oh yep, yep. Um, Ooh, more gondolier droids. Gondolier that droids. That don't die three minutes after we see them. R.I.P. gondolier droid. R.I.P. gondolier droid. Um, Another proof that I think um, Star Wars is just always making, you know, variants on itself. Where it's like we see this R2 unit, but then it's got arms and legs. And that's weird and different. But the, the galaxy is huge, so why not? Yeah. Um, what else? I think I would also really like to see how um, our new our new friend Moff Gideon um, how he's incorporated into this story as the big bad. Yes, because yes. the client dies in episode seven mm-hmm. and or chapter seven. Sorry, but the client dies and we have this new big bad, but we only have him really for like a half an episode and a half. Mm-hmm. So. What happens? He has the dark saber. He, we know he's the big bad. And um, where does it go from here? Mm-hmm. Does he just follow the Mandalorian around? Mm-hmm. And young Carlo Esposito, in the interviews I found of him, they're relatively recent. He said, uh, "You know, don't assume you know everything about this character." So I don't think he was saying my character's not evil. I really hope he's hinting at the fact that this character is actually going to be fairly deep, because mm. he did say. Uh, he did say in either uh, or in the last episode that asset means more to me than you will ever know. So sure. I, I think he's got more. I think it's beyond just I'm mm-hmm. Empire, I'm evil. It's a Force user, so I must capture it. Mm-hmm. I think his motivation is going to be much more layered than that. So I really want to see yeah. that in season two. Interesting. Yeah, and Cara Dune. Cara. And more Blurgs. Blurgs. Because yes. they all died. They did. Poor Blurgs. Poor Blurgs. Anything else we want to see? You want to see? I want to see Baby Yoda say something. <laughs> what will Baby Yoda's first word be? <laughs> Mando. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. French fry. Right. I don't know. French Bone fry. broth. <laughs> um, my first words were French fry. Well, I think for now, it's goodbye, friends. Yeah. For now, it's goodbye. If we happen to find some content to make, we'll let you know. But our plan is just to release after episodes, and we're going to be without episodes for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any inspiration for off-season Mandalorian topics, uh, shoot them to us, and we might, you know, consider a bonus topic um, yeah. here and there. That would be super fun, especially if it's a, a topic special to you. So, uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, you'll see those when you see those. And other than that, it's gonna be gonna be quiet for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for sticking with us through. Uh, season one of our little show here we've got a um i don't know how how many downloads are a lot of downloads but we're at several hundred which i'm pretty proud of yeah 
thank you all for listening. I think we're, we're doing this because we love talking about Star Wars and it means a lot when you decide to listen to us. Yeah, thanks for sharing some time with us. Mm-hmm. We have really loved doing this for us and y'all. So, yay! Woo! The blurbs say hello. They do. They do. Slowly reducing the terrible squirrel population of Athens, Georgia. Well, thank you, everyone. And remember, this is the way. This is the way. We are Zach and Megan of the Mandalorian Union Podcast. Our podcast art features cosplay by Bethany, who is at beer underscore fet on Instagram and Twitter, and photography by Rebecca, who is Rebecca Joy Photo on Instagram. Please email us at mandounionpod at gmail.com and send us thoughts, questions, and discussion prompts. We're also on Twitter as at mandounionpod. If you enjoy the podcast, give us a rating and share it with friends. 